Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It is kind of odd that the season, that is the season of giving, tends to make us the most self-focused. Nobody? Nobody? Like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll come back to that. People are like, what? No! What are you talking about? All right, there we go. Yeah, scooch that one back. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Um, no, um, hmm. You know, as we read the Christmas story, you know, Masha started to open that. In Luke chapter 2, we see Mary and Joseph, they're not married, A, big no-no, but, you know, their hearts are pure, going on a long journey, she's pregnant, Uh, nobody believes what's really going on with her, they, he's most likely been working as a migrant worker in the north, going back to the south in the poor area, and when he gets home, you know, we've always heard that thing, there was no room for them in the inn. But that word in is actually the word for guest room. And every house was supposed to have a guest room. And guess what? There was no room in their family's guest room for them. Maybe Aunt Matilda got there first. <laughs> laid out in the guest bedroom. I don't know. But there was no room for them. Nobody saw their value. Nobody saw their need. Nobody saw them at all. And so they're put out in the shed out back. And there, do you think this was how Mary had imagined it? Was any part of her story the way she imagined it? None of it, right? Was this the way Joseph imagined it? You know, I, a buddy of mine was posting, he said, he said, you know, I fantasize at least once a week about laying down covering fire while my family escapes. You know, every man, we're like, I'm a manly man. I will protect. I will promote. I got you the best barn possible, honey. (laughs) Right? No. And then the baby arrives. Everybody's like, but it was a clean barn. Have you been in a barn? Clean barn is a relative term. And then, well, we need some people to celebrate. And the angels go out. Now, I have a theory. And we'll find out if I'm true at the end of time. But I have a theory that the angels went out to several people. Hey, unto you a child is born. Roll over at the middle of the night. Anybody here has had God visit you in the middle of the night and you turned over? You know what I'm talking about. You're like, come, I want to talk with you tomorrow. Right? I wonder how many people did the angels visit before they got to the shepherds? The shepherds are like holding the night shift. Now, some have said, well, the shepherds, most likely they were the shepherds who were tending the paschal lambs. And that sounds really wonderful, but they sacrificed over 300,000 lambs a year. It was a factory operation. And tending sheep was for the dumbest of the dumb. You know why? Sheep are both dumb and slow and smelly. Right? And you got to be out there in the middle of the night. You got to work the third shift, all this. And these are the guys who drew the short end of the straw. They're out with the sheep in the fields. And if you've worked with sheep, we have a, 
we have a dog that obviously has some lab in it. If you know anything about Labrador Retrievers, they have this really special oil that helps them to stay warm in water and stink during the day. And, uh, and, and sheep have that lanolin on full blast. So you come back, you smell like lanolin. Everybody knows you're a shepherd and that's not a good thing. But do you know what? Who were the ones who came to celebrate the birth of Jesus? Shepherds, right? For unto you a child is born. Just us? Well, apparently only you guys picked up the phone. And God with skin on that everybody had been waiting for. Some ways for 2,000 years, but full bore for 400 years. They've been waiting for God to come, the Messiah to come. They've been eagerly looking and waiting, and they all missed it. So here's my question. Why do you think people missed the arrival of Jesus? Not like expected. What was that? Habit of waiting. Habit of waiting. Oh, 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 yeah, you're waiting but not expecting to receive what you're waiting for. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Professional waiter. There you go. Professional wait. Ooh. I don't know him. What else? Not major. What was that? Ooh, yeah. No, not powerful. Uh huh. Weak. Uh huh. You know, the funny thing is, when we read the scripture by ourselves without God, we read it in our own way. Malachi 3.1 says, it says, suddenly the Lord will come to his temple. And so most people thought the, Mal- the Messiah would arrive fully grown. Fully grown. <laughs> Ta-da! Yeah, since kids have no worth. Not a baby. Uh, babies are, uh, what are, what are the qualities of a baby? Needy. needy. The God of the universe is needy? Weak. Weak. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Are, do I hear smelly? <laughs> Glued to their mother. Usually hard to take care of. I've said this before. The promise of God always comes in seed form. What are seeds? Weak, vulnerable, insignificant. They missed it because it wasn't like what they expected. If, if, I, if, if it had come, hey, unto you a child is born, and there he is, a king, go there and he will receive you. Who do you think would have gone? Everybody, right? Everybody. But they missed him because they gotten used to waiting and not receiving. They they didn't know him. They they didn't he wasn't the way they expected. He 
He wasn't born to a king. Come on. Or power or wealth. So here's my question. Why were people eager to run, would be eager to run to a king, a powerful, wealthy king, and not to a baby? Experience? Experience? Wealth. Can a king and a wealthy person give you something? What can a baby give you? Dirty diapers? Right? Why? Pure selfish ambition. Right? What's in it for me? You know, Hebrews has this amazing thing. It says, be sure to extend hospitality, love for the stranger, because many have entertained angels unaware. Do you know those shepherds entertained God with skin on in many ways unaware? Why? They didn't know what was going on. They were like, born to you, a child's born. Okay. We don't, they didn't understand the full gravity of the situation. But because they, they, were, they responded, what was in it for them? Nothing. 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 You know, we often miss God because we don't see what's in it for us. You know, it's that we're talking about this whole thing of preparing the way of the Lord. Preparing the way of the Lord into this world, into to retrieve, to go forth and retrieve his children to himself. And yet... And yet, and yet, we don't go, do we? We don't go to retrieve his children, do we? Why don't we reach out to others? Not you, your neighbor. Well, this sounds awkward. Too busy? Too scared? Scared? Not aware. Got nothing. What else? Mm hmm. Don't know where to start. Don't see value in them. Say that again. What, what do you mean by that? Like you guys went separate ways. Oh, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No connection. Mm-hmm. That was the one I was going to say. We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> All right. How do you mean by that? Mm. I, I'm going to say this. I would go a different direction for me personally because I'm broken in my own unique way. Um, but I would say for fear of missing God, making a mistake. Okay, so 
what I would submit is every single one of these has to do with one thing. My perceived lack. Lack of time. Lack of courage. Lack of awareness. Lack of energy. Knowledge. Money and stuff. Uh, courage, connection, da, 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 da. you know, direction. And I would say protection. Because we believe we do not have enough, we wait to go, don't we? Right? When I have, then I will. But do you guys know there was a man who came to Jesus and said, with who had everything? He had time. He was young. He was rich. He had stuff. He was powerful. He was a ruler. And he said to Jesus, I will follow you. And what did Jesus say? I came to seek and save that which is lost. So I'm going to follow Jesus. I need what? I'm going to be seeking and saving the lost. Jesus said, not a problem. No big deal. You just, you just, you know, sell everything. Well, if I sell everything, then I won't have the time. Then I won't have the money. Then I won't have the stuff I need. <laughs> He's lacking courage, yes. But what I would submit is what Jesus was trying to show him is you are trying to give your stuff. You're trying to give your time. You're trying to give your connections, your relationships, yours. And we talked a couple weeks ago, you know, I, I think it was you, Josh, who brought up, you know, that the tithe is an Old Testament concept. It's a tax, 10% on everything. Better than the federal government. 10% on everything. But in the new covenant, good news, there's no tax. It all belongs to him. Your time your courage, your awareness, your stuff, your knowledge, your direction. It all belongs to him. I have been bought with a price. I don't belong to myself. Paul continually said, I'm a slave. You know what a slave doesn't get to do? Not hardly anything. What's that, Caleb? Doesn't get to live a good life? He doesn't get to tell himself what to do, does he? Imagine if I worked for Warren Buffett and Warren Buffett said, hey, I, I want to take care of this guy. Could you send my private jet over there, pick him up, get, put him up at the Ritz-Carlton, uh, get him a car, get him stuff, get him a house? Will I have a problem with that? I might be annoyed by it, but can I do that? Yes, it's his money. It's, I have his card. I have his stuff. I have his thing. I couldn't, right? But he can, right? He has the resource. When I am putting a demand on my stuff, I don't have enough. When I put a demand on his stuff, I have more than enough. Whatever he tells me to do. But who are my people? God says, will you? And your first inclination is to check your stuff. How much time? How much money? How much? Okay, can I be real? How much I've slept? Right? I haven't slept enough for this, Lord. 
Brian, I don't, I can't handle this. I can't go there. I can't do that. I can't love. I, I'm barely making it with my family. How can I make room for another at my table? How can I reach out? Maybe they'll, maybe they'll take advantage of me. Maybe <laughs> if I, okay, this is not you, but this is me. You know why I don't like to say yes to Jesus? Because he only tells me the first step and I don't know where it's leading. <laughs> right? Nobody? When I see the whole plan, I'll go, Lord, direction, right? No, no. Listen, if I'll only go when I'll see the plan, whole plan, I will never go. A big one for me, not being taken advantage of. Oh, God. Oh, God. God, but it's not my stuff. It's not my, it's not my time. It's not my energy. It's yours, God. I've been bought with a price. You know, that's why it was only the poor that came to see Jesus. Because everybody else was holding on to their pillow, holding on to their stuff, holding on to... They didn't make room for him. Aunt Martha's there in the bed, in the, in the guest room. They missed it because they were holding on to their little when they could have had everything. When I look at a problem and I put a demand on it from me, it's too much. This is why Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, he goes, hey, love your enemies. Listen, I don't have enough love for the people who live in my house. Can we just be real? Let's just not get it twisted. He goes, oh, I know, I know. But see, you think if you double down, you can love them and you're deluded. So how about I make you love your enemies so you realize what you're trying to give them isn't love in the first place. It's transactional. Jesus put it another way. He said, when you throw a banquet, who, don't invite your friends who can give it back to you, right? Who here, you're doing a party and you're like, oh, let's invite them and them. They're good. They make the party happening. And bring this person, bring that person, right? Mmm, not that person, right? Why? Because they're going to sap it out of the room. I don't have enough. But Jesus said, no, when you throw a party, who are you supposed to invite? It's on the screen. <laughs> you good, Donovan? Who, who are we supposed to invite? <clears throat> the poor. The crippled. The lame. The blind. By the way, these are the ones who literally, because of those situations, you had no job, you had no prospect, and in fact, you were deemed as cursed by God. And it was your fault. Throw in drug addict. And you will be blessed. Why? They cannot repay you, but will be paid at the resurrection. I love this because he's speaking to this Pharisee. If we can go on in this passage, I love this. The guy goes, oh, uh, who here? You just need to be spiritual. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. What he means is when you come into power and I'm sitting at your top table, that would be awesome. And he goes, oh, let me explain it. And Jesus tells this parable. He says, the man was throwing a feast and he sent out invitations to all his friends. And would his friends come? Why wouldn't his friends come? Busy. busy. Got me some stuff. Got me a babe. I, I've got, I, got, I got a job. I got stuff to do. I don't have time for this. Who here? When God said, do something, you were just had a nudge from God. You said, I ain't got time this week, today, right? No, listen, listen. If it's my time, I don't got time. 
What if it's his time? If it's his time. So what does Jesus say? He, the, the king said, forget this. Bring in everyone else. And throughout history, do you know who presses into the kingdom every single time? It's not the wealthy. It's not the powerful. It's not the good looking. Sorry. But it is the poor, the lame, the weak. Why? Because they recognize I ain't got nothing apart from Christ. I have nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with me, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? But if I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who gets to decide what I do with his stuff and his time and his energy? Don't bow up on me now. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm pushing. I'm pushing. Because what has been the season of giving and generosity has become a season of selfishness for us. Where we're like, with my little bit, I'm trying to keep people happy in my life. I'm trying, oh, they gave me a present. I better give them a present. Nobody? No. And we're like, oh, well, I need to do something. Get me an angel tree. Okay, there you go. I I did my good part to the kingdom. And I'll tell you what, this week on, on Wednesday, somebody saw the, saw the video. Man, P, P, crazy was on full bore. I talked to so many of you. You were like, people crazy. People crazy. <laughs> but then Thursday, I walked into Costco, and I almost got knocked down by despair. Despair on a level I've rarely experienced. I was like, what is going on? And then I realized all these people, feel like they have to do the perfect Christmas and they've got less money than ever to spend. And they're going into debt and they, everybody's putting demands on them. Do you feel like there's all these demands on you at Christmas? Then why don't you slide those demands over to Jesus? Say, Jesus, not my will, but yours be done. What do you want to do with this season? What do you want to do with this stuff? What do you want to do with my Christmas? What do you want me to do with this time? What do you want to do with my heart and my life? What do you want me to do? And let me tell you, if you're feeling like you're up against the wall, just give up already. Give up. You can't do it. You can't make Aunt Martha happy. You can't. You can't keep. You're not going to get the right gifts for your kids. You're not going to make everybody happy. You're not going to make everybody like you. You're not going to win the the best looking house on the block. Give it up. Lock the doors. I'm going for bear. Listen, listen, listen. If this despair speaks to you, and I know right now many of you are in this despair, and you're just trying to put on a a, a Santa Claus hat to make it look good. But let me tell you, if you're in despair, you say, I have nothing to give anybody. You actually do because you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are ready. If you recognize you have nothing, then you're ready to give him. Let me tell you, if I pick up a pipe and there's no water in it, Do I curse the pipe, the hose? No, I turn on the spigot. Why? Because the pipe is not the source. You are not the source. You are connected to the source. And when you, you might say, I don't have enough. If God says go, you will have it as you go. Silver and gold have I nothing, but what I have I give you. Rise up in the name of Jesus in Nazareth and walk. I'm not giving you me. Me, not all that much to look at. But he, oh, he is more than enough for you. 
Oh, remember Elijah? Elijah comes out of the wilderness. He sees a widow, a woman. You know, she's already the lowest of society, and she's starving to death with her son. And he goes, hey, make me a meal. She goes, wah! We're preparing to die. Take the last bite of food out of our mouths. We have nothing to give you. And he goes, belly up to the bar, honey. And she did. And as she gave the last of what she had, he gave her more than enough for the entire season of lack. See, many of us, we're like, I'll only give, I'll only do, I'll only serve when I have something. Then you'll never do it and you'll die. You'll die alone, starving for love, starving for affection, starving for friendship, starving. Listen, if you're sitting alone on Christmas, invite others in. Well, the good-looking people won't come. There are lots of ugly people out there. <laughs> Get over yourself. You might be one of them. You might be their good-looking friend. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you're waiting for your cup to be filled to pour out, you will be a rich young ruler who goes away unhappy because you're holding on to your cup. But if you recognize you are bankrupt without him, then you will allow him to flow through you to a world that is dying. Well, you're like, I, have you seen the pipe? The house is empty. You know what? I, I, I'm going to wait for the feeling. To turn on the hose. Do you know what? I have never worked up the feeling to turn on a light switch. I just, okay. Come on, all right. It's not about you. It's not about your feelings. It's not about how much boom, 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 boom you got. It's about Jesus who died on the cross. For a world that's dying to know him. And this season of all seasons is the greatest season of loneliness, despair, and suicide. Why? Why? Do you know why most people die at Christmas time? Because despair. It's the number one time to die. Seriously. Seriously. Why? Because Christmas didn't, I was forgotten again. There's no point. Literally, look at it statistically. You are surrounded by people who need and are in lack. You're like, when I have enough, I'll give. Well, you never will. But when you put a demand on him and say, God, do you guys remember what happened with the disciples? They're like, Jesus, people are starving. They come to see you and they're starving. Isn't it great how we care for them? I just care for the poor people. Send them away, Jesus. The one person in the world that they need, send them away. Send them down to must ministry. Send them there. Send them there. And what does Jesus say? You feed them. I wouldn't have cared if I knew you were going to say that, Jesus. I've been keeping my heart locked away for a reason. I knew you are like that. You do that, Jesus. You just... You're ornery like that. And Jesus said, fine, what do you have? I'm sure the disciples are like, they steal a kid's lunch. Like they don't even have it. He offered it, but they, you know, they're like, they don't even have anything. So they're like, we ain't got nothing. All right, fine, fine. Who here, you've had this conversation with Jesus? All I got is five fish and two loves and the problem's so big. 
you're not going to get Jesus to play that game. He goes, watch this. Is it mine? My last fish, my last loaf of bread? All right, let's see what we can do. 5,000 get fed. When I start with my lack, I can never experience his abundance. But when I surrender what little I have, guess what? I will find. Do you know what? The disciples, you know why the disciples wanted to send away the men to go get dinner? Because they didn't have dinner either. (laughs) They wanted to find their dinner. If you allow him to feed others through you, you yourself will be fed. But if you wait to be fed, you'll starve. So here's my question. What is the area of your greatest lack right now? What is it? The area where God, you literally, you are literally like, I have nothing to give in this area. What's your loaves and fishes? Because I submit to you, God is hovering over that. Because in that area, you won't be, like love your enemies, you won't be deluded in thinking you have anything to give. And you'll allow him to flow through you. I'm going to give you a chance to breathe. Or put the ribs back in place. This next Sunday is Christmas Eve. There's a reason we do what we do the way we do it. Because Jesus said we're supposed to do a banquet. I understand you all, if God's called you to have a family meal and connect with your family, you are blessed. There's no guilt or shame from us. You get to say yes to Jesus for what he's calling you to do. But if God is bringing you here, I would invite you to invite. Think who is despair, who is lonely, who's by themselves, who's desperate, who needs to be here. Because that's why we're having this banquet. That the lame, the blind, the pathetic can come and they can find family. They can find the king. It's not, Christmas is not about me getting mine. It's about him giving all. And so I want to say again, if we could have the worship team come. My question is, where is your lack? Where is the place where you're like, Lord, I can't because... And then my question is, God, what are you calling me to do with my loaves and my fishes? Who is starving around me? Who's desperate? You might say, God might be saying, go encourage so-and-so. And you're like, when I get encouraged, yes, I will. I'm in despair. But when we open our hearts to allow him to love a world through us, we will find our hearts filled. And suddenly, shepherds go to the front of the line to see a king, if we can stand. Father, we come before you right now with our openness, our emptiness, even our despair. Lord, we admit that time and time again, we've missed you because we've checked our account balance. We've checked our energy, our sleep, our friendship, our encouragement. But Lord, today we say no more. Have your way in us. Have your way that all the world might know you. I feel like Jesus spoke to each one of us this morning and he told us exactly what he wants us to do this Christmas season. 
But I feel like uh, for a lot of us, it's very outside of our comfort zone, what he's calling us to do. And I want you right now just to um, grab hold of that idea because many of us will talk ourselves out of it by the time we leave today. <laughs> we will say, this is just crazy. Like, I don't have enough. Like, you had this inspiration for a minute, but you are talking yourself out already. You're processing with what sounds like wisdom, but it's not. Okay, so grab onto your idea and just say, Jesus, what is my first step? What is my baby step to get in this idea across the line? <laughs> Who do I need to contact? Who do I need to write a check to? Just whatever, do I need to talk to my husband or wife? <laughs> about this crazy idea <laughs> but just grab onto it and I want you as we go today to share it with someone so that they can keep you accountable not to share it so that you get the good feeling and then not do it okay <laughs> but to share it so they can ask you how did that go okay and just encourage you along the way I feel like um, Jesus is just ex gonna explode in this season through each life. Just neighbors are gonna be touched, friends are gonna be touched, just people on, just, uh, in, in supermarkets are gonna be touched like all over the place. Ideas are coming right now, angels are giving out um, things like little um, pieces of paper with ideas right now. You're getting ideas right now, how to bless, how to flow, how not to be about yourself. Um, so, oh, Josh, can you come up here real quick? So Josh is wearing a t-shirt that Marina has designed and on it there is a, a prophetic word for this season, for this new year. And the word is equipped, empowered, and released for harvest. <laughs> so harvest is here. Um, so I want us to press into the harvest as we go off to Christmas this year. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.